On today's very special Thanksgiving episode of Double Down Trent, the man and the model come down to the very last week of the challenge. The model has got himself a two-game lead. I don't know if it's going to be enough for him to hold on for a championship, but we come down to this. We're giving everybody one extra game. That's right. We're picking six games this week. We're looking at some big matchups like Ohio State and Michigan in the big house. Ohio State just got bumped up to the number one team in the country according to the college playoff. Are they going to be able to hang on? Are they going to be the one seed? We also discuss all the things that are going to shake up with the college playoff, including Georgia's run for the number four spot. Then we shift our attention to Thanksgiving NFL, where we welcome on our very own insider, Coulter. We're going to add a bonus NFL game as well. We're picking one Thursday game at least for everyone to take a look at. Enjoy the friends, the family, the football, Thanksgiving. It doesn't get much better, so stay tuned for episode 58 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host, as always. Once again, I am joined by my co-host, Aaron, a.k.a. The Model. Aaron, we are down to the last week of the Man vs. Model Challenge. How does it make you feel? I am nervous. I'm anxious. I'm excited. I'm leading you by only a couple of games, and that makes me really nervous because I know you break late. Thank you. You took the words right out of my mouth. I break late. Everybody knows it. Okay. In fact, I think it's now applied to the podcast. The podcast breaks late. Everybody knows it. I'm still alive. I'm sitting here square at 50% on the year. I'm feeling ready to go, man. Cannot get any more average than 50%. Oh, that is certainly one way to look at it. The other is I'm not losing. Okay. Glass is half a full. Big thing. It's a half full. Now, usually 60%, if you're at 60%, you're dominating, you're winning cash. You're going to be in a really good spot. I'm not that far off. I had a couple of bad breaks. My guy fucking Herm came back last week and just dug a, a knife in my back and turned it on me, <laughs> which we'll get to. But I still feel good, okay? I'm in, the, I'm in the hunt still. I can still beat you, which is my goal all along. So I feel like uh, I'm in a good spot. Well, and I want, I want to make sure that you really learn that lesson that you never, ever bet against Herm, okay? Yeah. Don't, don't well, ever do it again. Listen. He played to win the game, okay? And he <laughs> won the game. So good for him. <laughs> Man, what a back and forth game that was. Yeah. Now, that game, we'll cover it because it was a, a game that we picked last week. But with Oregon going down, that eliminates one team for sure. Oregon's done. And now it really looks like that there are six teams fighting for four spots in reality. I don't think there's anyone else that can sneak in there. 
do we want to kind of run through those teams and how about we both give uh, the odds that we think the, of who the fourth team is going to be? Yeah. And I think that there's, I would almost say, even say that there could be seven teams that we're looking at, Ooh, looking okay. at, but there, there might be a, a bunch of if things that happen because we know that there's going to be a couple of good matchups coming up, especially in the conference championship games. So let's talk about the three that I think are probably uh, uncontested. So we think Clemson is definitely going to be in, they're going to yep. win out pretty easily. I think LSU, I'd say is the other team that we think is likely going to be in. They have yep. a you know decently hard game this weekend at Texas A&M and then one on the calendar in the conference championship against Georgia. But both of us expect that to be two wins. And then the third we expect to be in is Ohio State. You know, big game this weekend against Michigan. I think that's in the big house, so that'll be big. And then in the conference championship, I think they'll have Minnesota, although that depends on the Minnesota-Wisconsin outcome this week, yep. which I just, I looked up to make sure that we knew how that was going to land. So they'll have one of those two teams. I think they, either way, I think they win that game. So we're expecting Clemson, Ohio state and LSU to be in the playoff. Agreed. I would agree because even if Ohio state loses this week, they just got to win the big 10 championship. If they do that. They're in, they're in. I see that happening. Uh, so I, I agree with you with those three. Okay. So then if we assume LSU wins out, that knocks out Georgia from that fourth spot. So then we're looking at to say, okay, who is that contestant that we think is going to be able to sneak in? And here, in my opinion, are the options. We have Big 12 options. So it's going to either be Oklahoma or Baylor. And that's going to all depend on whoever wins the Big 12 championship game. So that's option number one. Yeah. I forgot about Baylor. Yes, that is a team that I would uh, keep my eyes on. Uh, I think it bodes well or better for them if it's Oklahoma for that conference for the big 10 or big 12. I think that's yes. big 10. No, not big 10, big, big 12. 12. Sorry. Big 12. I'm losing my mind. Uh, I think that bodes better with them, but Baylor's got a good resume this year. So who knows, but those, that's the, that's the conference that I want to keep an eye on. Okay. So that's option one, big 12 option two is pack 12. And that is us, us assuming that Utah is going to beat Oregon in the pack 12 conference game, which I think is no clear cut thing. That's going to happen. I'm extremely worried that Utah is going to win out and then get to that championship game and lose to Oregon. What do you think? Yeah, I could see that happening too, especially because the PAC 12 is just chaos at all times. I never know what's happening with that conference. Uh, Even if they do win out, it's going to be tough for them in the PAC 12, I think to get preference over the big 12 team, but Utah Utah will be the team, especially if I think if, if it's Utah that wins and it's Baylor that wins, I think Utah is jumping in. If it's Oklahoma and Baylor or Oklahoma and Utah sitting there, that's going to be a really tough call for the committee, especially if they both are one loss teams winning their conference. That's going to be really difficult. Yeah. And I think we have to assume, let's just assume for our sake, Oklahoma and Utah win out. So it's those two as the possibility. I think your only option three is you got to look at an Alabama team that has a one loss to LSU, obviously lost to a, to injury in recent weeks and is not going to be in their SEC championship game, how do you kind of place them in comparison to an Oklahoma or a Utah? And that's going to be the question for the committee because Nick Saban is trying to get this PR hype machine going and say that this Auburn team is the best team that they're going to play all season. And that's just not true. They already played and lost to LSU. So that's their best team that they played. Now, I could easily see Nick Saban and that team jumping in, but the loss of Tua is going to, it's going to have an impact on them. That committee though, has proven that they would favor a one loss sec team that does not play in the conference championship game. It's happened 
a few times. I think to Alabama, actually. So it wouldn't shock me if that team sneaks in there. It's just going to come down to can you I, I find it hard to believe, though, without Tua, that they're going to reward a team with one loss that doesn't play in their conference championship. Now, if you start looking at the losses, I can see where that argument can be made. Alabama's one loss is to LSU, who we are now predicting that would go on and be an undefeated team, be the number one seed. Yep. If you look at Oklahoma, they have a terrible loss on their resume. That K-State is just a bad loss. Utah lost to USC. Not a terrible loss, but not a good loss. USC is, I think, ranked right now, but barely. Uh, so that's not a that's not like a good loss the way that Alabama's is considered a quote-unquote good loss. So when it comes down to it, those are the teams with one loss. But I think the factor you got the the difference maker is going to be winning your conference, winning the championship. I'm sure happy. I'm not one of the folks who are on the committee having to make some of those decisions because I think it's not going to be easy and you're going to upset a lot of folks, whoever you choose. I agree. Now, do we think do we want to just throw a wrinkle in and say that my Georgia Bulldogs can pull an upset and knock off LSU in two weeks because that makes things really interesting. That would be a huge win. And if that were to happen, I think you're looking at the top four in Clemson, Ohio State, LSU, and Georgia. I think those folks all stay, and I think they become the playoff. I agree. Now, Georgia has got a get-right game this week. They got to get that offense clicking against Tech. But they can't overlook it either. That cannot be a game that you just classic trap game, overlook it, look ahead to LSU. You got to show up for that team. Now, Georgia's defense is fucking outstanding. They're one of, I think, two teams in the entire Division I football. It's allowed 20 or less points a game. So that defense is sick. Are they going to be able to shut down LSU? Ooh, baby, I cannot wait to watch it. Just take care of business. Let's hope that Fromm gets back to business a little bit this week. And then it's going to be a showdown for the ages. Uh, gun to your head right now. If you had to pick one team as the fourth team in, given whatever scenarios, who are you picking? Gun to my head, huh? Not pick from my heart. What do you got? Man, oh, Shevitz. And I'll I, ask you the same thing next week, too. I think at this point, I'm giving the edge to Georgia. Ooh. <laughs> I think I'm doing it. You now, think they're going to upset LSU? I do. I think that's, wow. I think that's the, the, the path that I see that makes the most sense to me. LSU's got a historic offense and an offense the SEC has not seen, but Georgia's defense is fucking for real. I see a a path where that happens. If it's not Georgia, my money's still somehow unbelievably on Alabama. I just, I see them sneaking in. I just do. All right. You you got, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take Utah. Okay. Well, you got, you got Utah bias here. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I love me some Utah. I'm hopeful that they're going to come through in a conference championship. I'm also have some rooting for Oklahoma. Um, but I think if you got into my head right now, I'm going to take Utah that they're going to win out, beat Oregon in the conference championship and uh, be able to sneak in as the fourth seed. Okay. That's fair. Now I know a lot of Georgia fans are going to be down. Uh, even my own fiance is prone to saying that Georgia lets people down 
They've got a long history of it. Not this year. Not this year. We'll see. We shall see, my friend. Uh, okay, let's jump into last week because it was kind of a crazy week. There's some really good games and uh, a few shakeups. So let's go into the, the results from last week. Couple shakeups. So going through the five games that we picked last week, let's do those first before we jump to listener standings, build a little suspense. We both went three and two in the first game. We were both on the same page. We had taken Michigan minus eight and a half over Indiana. Michigan came through and covered that point spread, although it was a pretty good game kind of in general. Uh, The second one, uh, Georgia played Texas A&M. This was much closer than what I had been hoping for. I had taken Georgia minus 13 and a half. You had taken Texas A&M. That one was a win for you and a loss for me. In the third game, we went to the Big 12. Baylor was home against a visiting Texas team. I enjoyed every minute of this game. Baylor came through. They ended up playing pretty well, and they covered yeah. this five-and-a-half-point spread pretty nicely, and Texas took another loss. Isn't that the best? I love it. Whenever Texas loses, it just brings me great joy. I finally got a Texas pick correct, and just a quick year from where they were last year this year. I mean, what the hell's going on in that program? A lot of up and a lot of down. I think they ended up losing a bunch of guys over the – over the turn of the the year. So I would imagine that they're going to be looking for backfills from recruits and stuff and guys coming up the ranks. I would expect them to be much better next year and take a step up. Uh, so you can imagine them challenging in the big 12. I mean, it's gotta be painful though to lose to an in-state team like Baylor. And I can't imagine how that impacts recruiting too. Yeah. You know? It's got to sway it. All right. Our fourth game, we had Ohio state against Penn state. Ohio state was in control and then suddenly you look away for 26 seconds and Penn State comes back with two quick scores. That was definitely the the reason that they covered this game. You and I had both taken Ohio State minus 18, and that was a big loss for both of us. Yeah, I thought Ohio State was going to run away with this. And like you said, at points in the game, they were. Uh, it just shows, though, that they're a scrappy team. I think that's a big win for them morally. I think it's a big win for them looking ahead this week and the, the rest of their schedule that shows they can win close games because they really weren't challenged that much this year. So for them to pull out a game when it got close uh, is a big thing for Ohio State. Uh, I I wish I had just diagnosed this game a little little closely with that big number, but big win no matter what for Ohio State. Yeah, and to me, I think Ohio State minus 18 was still the right pick. I would still make that again, but you can't plan for that variability of those crazy – what, I think there was a fumble recovery or you know a big turnover that led to yep. points. Um, so that's something that just who knows if that happens if they play again. Yeah. Uh, the fifth game, it may have been the best game of the weekend. We went to the Pac-12, Arizona State home against those Oregon Ducks. I had taken Arizona State plus 14 and a half. You had taken Oregon. I ended up winning that one. Arizona State came through with the upset and your Oregon Ducks lost. They couldn't cover. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not call them my Oregon Ducks, okay? (laughs) First of all, I have no affiliation with the Pac-12 because I can't pick it for shit. Uh, I do, though, wish I picked this because how do I – I picked against my guy, Herm. And I feel like the scene in the Sandlot where Timmy and Tommy, they've hooked up all the vacuums. They've got the ball just in the vacuum clasp and the beast comes by, pinches the pipe, closed shut, and it all backfires. And you see him come out and he goes, I blame myself. That's how I feel <laughs> in that game. I blame myself. I had Herm. I talked him up. I gave his little spiel and somehow I didn't pick him. Uh, great win for Herm. That's, uh, you know, one that you sways momentum, gives you a little something to uh, be proud about for Herm. But God damn, I wish I picked that game. 
And that's one where my model has been so locked in recently. That was when I think I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but last week I said that was like a near coin flip game. I, and I wasn't really expecting Arizona state to play, play it that well, or that closely. Maybe it was like a seven point Oregon win, something like that. But Arizona state certainly was going to cover. I think they played one of their best games all year. Uh, their quarterback was just phenomenal. I think he threw for some, something over 300 yards and like three touchdowns. Uh, Oregon definitely came back and made it close. They were in desperate mode to try to eke out that win, just couldn't make it happen. So yeah, that has huge implications on PAC 12 and we'll see yeah. where that lands everyone. Yeah. Goodbye, Oregon. That's what that happens. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Going to listener standings in first place, Jojo. Jojo. He is still leading this competition. Him and Shep Dog were very close. I think they were neck and neck tied last week, and then they had uh, opposite picks. JoJo went three and two. Shep Dog went two and three. So JoJo's in first, uh, 59% accuracy. Shep Dog still a close second at 57% accuracy. In third, we have a three-way tie. We have Lenny, Little Model, and Graham all at 54% accuracy, so very much within striking distance. In sixth place, we also have a tie, the Model, me, and Colorado Rocky, both at 53% accuracy. In eighth, we have you, the man, 50%, straight up 34 and 34. In ninth, we have a tie, Luann and Mini Model at 49% accuracy. Uh, AK was uh, on by this past week, at, still at 11th, 47%. The Legend is in 12th at 45%. Dumb Man 47 still hovering around there, seeing if he can move up. 13th place, good for 44%. And then Deke Buff had a rough week, one and four. He is still uh, coming up in the rear, 35% accuracy. It's kind of crazy that for the entire league, the entire season, we've made so many picks and we somehow have 50% overall. It's freaking unbelievable. Yeah. So in our spreadsheet right now, we have out of everyone who's participated, we have 432 wins, 427 losses, which is good for exactly 50%. You know, obviously there's a little decimal there, but 50% if you round. We're rounding up, so it's crazy. Uh, I'm not out of this thing. Let's be honest, folks. I'm not going to jump up percentage-wise to win it all, but the model is within striking distance. <laughs> I have come prepared this week, and I'm going to win. I'm going to be. And I, I just want to say, before we go into the six games that we're doing for this week, for the price of five, you get six. You get a free game. I'm, I'm being a gentleman. I'm being a gentleman. I am showing you which picks – I am making so you know exactly when you can go against me and you feel good about it. If you're going to come back and beat me, I'm trying to give you a chance. Yeah, I appreciate that. But guess what? I didn't need it. Okay. (laughs) I don't need it. And I never have needed it. I am picking from my balls this week and I'm going to win, baby. All right. Well, coming from your balls, let's go right into the first (laughs) game. Home in the big house. Maybe the best game of the weekend. We have Michigan against Ohio state. Michigan is a pretty big underdog at nine and a half points. Who do you like? Are you taking those Michigan Wolverines? Or are you going with the Buckeyes? So if you are Jim Harbaugh, you have got to be thrilled that your arch nemesis urban Meyer is no longer staring across the sideline at you. He yep. did not get a single win when they faced each other. I think he's Owen seven against urban at Michigan. That's embarrassing. I have written this team off numerous times this year. I said, they're done. They're frauds. 
Harbaugh Uh-oh. is a joke. Uh oh. But here's the thing. <laughs> Funny thing happened on the way to the Big Ten championship. Uh huh. Uh huh. Ohio State just showed that they are not an invincible machine. Penn State ran with them. It was a good win for Ohio State. Michigan, on the other hand, is hot. They are riding high. And here's what I want to see happen in this game is a twofold. I want a couple of things to happen, almost a fall like dominoes. Are you ready for this? Yep. I expect this game to be very close. Okay. In fact, I expect there to be a point in which Michigan has the lead in this game. Ooh. Okay. But Ryan Day is going to just look across and make Harbaugh a fool. Okay. Ohio State's going to win this game. Make no mistake about it. But it's going to be close. I think it's enough for me to pick Michigan plus nine and a half. And what's going to happen is that third loss for Michigan is going to be enough for them to say, that's it for the Harbaugh era. If you can't beat Ohio state without urban, when are you ever going to beat Ohio state? And then, you know, what I think happens. He then becomes a candidate for my New York football giants head coaching vacancy. Wow. So you have a little selfish interest in that narrative. Big time. Big time. I want, and this is, I know we're not going to do this, but this should save it for the NFL talk. I want three candidates from college to be the only three prospects for the New York Giants coach job next year. Okay. Can you Tell me more. Uh, well, obviously Harbaugh. Harbaugh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and these are all college coaches, correct? Yes. All right. So if my number two has got to be Oklahoma, Lincoln, Riley, just yep. a phenomenal offense. Yep. And this one's a little tricky. I guess there's a, a asterisk by this one. And number three, give me a hint. Uh, no longer actively coaching. Oh, you got to go Urban Meyer. That's my three, baby. If it's anyone else besides those three, John Mayer did a terrible job. So sorry for that little Giants aside. But uh, those are my three coaches that I want. I also am taking the Wolverines plus nine and a half in the big house. I need the big house to be rocking this week. It's a rivalry game. You throw the records out the window. Give me the Wolverines plus nine and a half. Okay, so if I was following my model on this one, I too would be with you. I too would be with you, but I am throwing out my model. I am discarding it. So like I've said in the past, I run a couple models and I like to see when they are consistent. This is one of those instances where they are freaking not consistent. So I have one model who's saying that this is going to be a Michigan win by seven points. I have the other model saying that this is going to be a Michigan loss by 21 points. So to me, I look at this and this is just when I see something like that with my models, this is a 100 percent said stay away game. I don't know what to make of it. So to me, I'm more going based on narrative and I am already attaching it to the narrative of Harbaugh not being able to win this game. Ohio State has played well uh, much of this year. I'd really like to see Justin Fields show up and play well in a tough place to play in the big house. So I'm going to take Ohio State minus nine and a half and hope they cover here. Okay, baby. Now I'd like also to go on the record here. This is the fourth time you've gone against your model. Okay. (laughs) So if I lose this competition by less than four games, there's an asterisk, baby. I'd like to add some of those where I went against the model turned out to be losses. So it actually hurt me. Semantics, semantics, (laughs) erroneous on both accounts. 
All right, let's go to the next game. We are also staying in the Big Ten for this one because this has huge implications for the conference championship. Minnesota is a home underdog against a a visiting Wisconsin team. Who do you like, Minnesota plus two and a half or Wisconsin minus two and a half? This game I'm all over the place with. Uh, I just don't know what to make of it. I was riding high on Minnesota, and then they go into Iowa and just get knocked off. Uh, they had what they call a get right game. This is going to be a theme of this episode, the get right games. They beat, uh, Northwestern. So they're, they're back on their track here. Wisconsin though is a good team. I was riding them real hard earlier in the year, but then they had some real bad losses. That Illinois loss was just atrocious and they got blown out by Ohio state. Jonathan Taylor though is a game changing running back. I wish I had picked him uh, for some kind of odds for the, the Heisman, even though he's not going to win it. He is a guy that can take over this game. I think for that reason and for that reason alone, I am taking Wisconsin to go into Minnesota Ooh. and get a win there. I'm taking the oh, last one and a half year. Man. I'm also going up against you, baby. Oh, you're exactly right. So I am on the opposite side of you yet again. This is one of the ones where I am in agreement with my model and I'm going and riding with it. So again, for my two models, one model has this game as a Minnesota win by about 10 points. The other model has this as a win by about four points. If you average those together, that's a Minnesota win by about a touchdown. You know, if you're telling me that my model thinks that Minnesota is going to win by a touchdown and you're giving me two and a half points to cover, I think I'm going to jump all over that. So while it makes me feel pretty uncomfortable based on Wisconsin playing how they were playing early, especially shutting out a lot of teams early in the season, they haven't played like that as of late. I'm hoping PJ Fleck and Minnesota, who was a total dark horse, came out of nowhere for this season. I'm going to be jumping on them and I'm going to be taking Minnesota plus two and a half. All right. It's ballsy. I just, I think the historical precedent is more on the side with Wisconsin, but this to me is a coin flip. I, uh, I could see either team winning this game. So I'm sticking with my pick. Go Badgers. All right. Our third game, we are jumping to the big 12. We have Oklahoma state home against a visiting Oklahoma team, Oklahoma state, pretty big home underdog, 13 and a half points. Who do you like Oklahoma state or Oklahoma? This is a game that Oklahoma obviously has to win. If they want any chance of sneaking into the playoff, like we mentioned, they've got to do it. Um, let's expect this to be zero defense, by the way. This is going to be a <laughs> massively high scoring game. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the spread is over 68 points. It's probably even closer to 72. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. All right. So if you had to guess for me, Right now, what would you say the total is for this game? I would guess it. I'd honestly put it at about 71 and a half. You are very close. Right now I'm seeing 69 and a half. Okay. That's see, and it's got to be in that number. It's going to be a high scoring game here. Uh, Oklahoma though, for whatever reason, I feel like they've lost their mojo. They're playing a lot of really close games and eking out some wins. So let's just go back a couple weeks here. Iowa state, they won 42, 41. And that was right after their bad loss to K-State. So, I don't know. They were down and getting smoked by Baylor 28-3 just to come all the way back to win that one 34-31. So, yes, they made an insane comeback to win, but that's not, to me, a convincing win here. Uh, And then they sneak and win out against TCU, a pretty good TCU team. They win 28-24. Now, I don't think Oklahoma State is, is in the same conversation as Oklahoma, but for whatever reason... Oklahoma doesn't have their mojo. 
Okay, so I am taking Oak State with the points here, 13 and a half. It's just too many points for a Big 12 team uh, where there's going to be a lot of scoring. So I, I just can't see this being like that many points of a difference here. I 100% agree with you, and I love that you called out the last couple of games that Oklahoma has played. To me, you know, they've eked out some wins, but they haven't eked out any covers. Like, I just don't trust that defense at all. I think they'll be able to eke this one out as well, but I don't see them covering here. And my model agrees. So my model thinks that this is going to be an Oklahoma win by about a touchdown just under. So to me, because my model likes that and because I just don't see Oklahoma coming with the mojo to, to cover and cover handily, I, I like Oklahoma State in this spot as well. All righty. All right, so now that we have three more games because we're doing six this week, the fourth game is a good one. We're going to the SEC. Auburn is home against a visiting Alabama team who's missing Tua. Do you like Auburn plus four or Alabama minus four? Man, I am so torn on this game. I really have no idea what to make of it. Alabama needs this game, obviously, if they want to make the playoff. They've got to win this game, and I think – in fact, not just win this game, they've got to win it pretty convincingly for the committee to look at them and say, yeah, this one loss team without their star quarterback who does, who is not going to play in a conference championship game deserves to make the playoffs. So I think Nick Saban's coming out here with an agenda. They put up a shit ton. I mean, they played, I think it was Western Carolina last week. Let's that can't even count as a game that we factor in here. I mean, let's be honest. Well, you just can't, uh, Auburn though, has been back and forth here. I just, you, you never know. Bo Nix, when you got a, a freshman quarterback, you get the ups and downs. It goes back and forth. <sighs> I think I got to take Alabama here. I yep. just have to do it. It's a situation where it's a must-win game for Nick Saban. If you are telling me that I've got Nick Saban in a must-win game for a chance to for his team to make the playoff, I feel like you have to take it, especially if it's less than a touchdown here. So I got to take the Tide minus four. Yep. You and I are in agreement here, although this is going against my models pick yet again. Uh, I, too, am taking Alabama minus four. I don't. So this is one of the things that my model makes me uncomfortable. It's th- it's seeing an Auburn win by about three points. I, I wow. just don't buy that. I think it's over exaggerating the home field uh, effect that Auburn will be getting as they play this Alabama. And I think Alabama is going to be desperate for a win exactly like you talked about. So I'm disregarding my model here. And I, too, am taking Alabama minus four. Four. Let's go, Tide. And I think they, like I said, have to get a convincing win here because otherwise, yes. if they sneak out, and I know Auburn's a good team, if they sneak out a win here, that's not going to look good for their playoff chances. No, they need to win big. They'll definitely be, if they can, running up the points for sure. All right. Uh, fifth game, also in the SEC, we have LSU as a big home favorite, minus 16 and a half against a visiting Texas AM team. Who do you like? Do you like those, uh, Coach O? LSU Tigers, or did you take in Texas a Coach O had one of the all-time quotes I've ever heard after a game. He basically said something to the effect of, and I'll pipe it in here if I can find it, but basically he's like, we're going to get the ball, we're going to drop down, we're going to score, and we're going to win. And man, oh man, <laughs> did they do exactly that. They're a frightening offense right now. Uh, I just, it, it's going to be tough for you, for anyone to even hang with this team here. Now, a and I picked them last week. Yep. Because there's yeah. a big number against Georgia. And I said, listen, Georgia doesn't score with the same kind of uh, credibility of some of these other teams that you would be getting this giant number. And AM covered. I think we're looking at a similar situation here because that's a lot of points. 16 and a half is a, a lot, lot of points. points. And I think AM actually is a good football team. Can I, t- can I read you off their losses here? 
Yes, please. They lost to, at the time, number one, Clemson. They lost to, at the time, number eight, Auburn. They lost to, at the time, number one, Alabama. And at the time, number four, Georgia. Yeah. That's a brutal fucking schedule, first of all. And I know some of those games were not really close per se, but they uh, they had those teams and hung with those teams. Can I possibly pick against my guy, Coach O? <laughs> Can I possibly do that right now? I can't do it. Go Tigers! Oh. Go Tigers! <laughs> all right. Oh man, I was hoping you'd take Texas A down there. All right, so I too am taking LSU minus sixteen and a half. My model has this one as an A and M, or sorry, LSU win by about twenty three or twenty four points. So I think they are going to cover the spread, maybe by a touchdown. Although it'll be close, certainly not nothing good enough to bet. I think LSU is looking for a statement game as well as they cruise in and face those Georgia Bulldogs in the conference championship. So I'm going to be on those Tigers as well. Yeah. Man, I really want to pick AM there, but I just can't do it. Can't do it. All right, last game. We have uh, part SEC, part ACC. South Carolina is in a rivalry game against Clemson this week. Huge home underdog. They are, South Carolina is a home underdog by 26 and a half points. Who are you taking here? Are you taking those Clemson Tigers or are you taking South Carolina Gamecocks? Now, if you're a college football fan, you got to hope that South Carolina can knock this team off. I don't think it has any impact on anything. I just kind of want to see it happen. A&M, or excuse me, not A&M, fucking A&M, still, still got that game on my mind. Here. <laughs> South Carolina knocked off Georgia and proved that they can do that. They can knock off a big team. Clemson's offense, though, is much, much better. They're finally getting yeah. into a routine here. Uh, it looks like they're their old self. And it's amazing that this team is undefeated. They're the number, what, three team in the country. And for somehow feel like they are under the radar. Yep. It's amazing. Uh, I think they're looking to make a statement here as well. I think they come out and win this game big time. I'm taking Clemson with the points here, uh, which really bothers me because now I'm looking at our, our picks here. I've only got two games different than you. You need to make sure that those two come through exactly, or you're never going to have a chance of passing me. Well, that means we would tie in theory, right? Oh, that's true. That's okay. true. I might. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm off coach. O. I'm sorry, coach. O. That's Ooh. my only chance here. I'm taking the Aggies to cover. Give me two weeks in a row of Aggie covers. I got to do it. I got to okay. do it. So you're changing your LSU minus 16 and a half to A&M plus 16 and a half. So, so that we're actually have three games that are different and you can chance to pass me and beat me. It's my only shot. And I think that's the only game that's going to be close of these other ones that I, that we pick here. So yeah, I got to do it. Sorry, All coach. Right. O. Wow. Low blow. All right. So I too am with you and the Clemson pick minus 26 and a half. Uh, my model sees this as a Clemson win by about 35 points. So I definitely see them covering here. I think they too are looking for a statement game. I like that pick. I like the Clemson in the spot. And I think uh, Lawrence has really been coming on as a quarterback as of late. So I love them sneaking into the playoff and I think they're going to make some noise. Did you happen to see my thought would be no. Uh, Trevor Lawrence who is just a goat of all human beings at this time, gave a PowerPoint presentation in some class that he was in about how he gets his hair to look as good as it does. <laughs> no, I, I have mean, not seen this. That's king shit on campus at Clemson, man. It's just, oh, that fact alone makes me think that it's got to be a Clemson blowout. This guy's giving presentations on his hair. Wow. Oh, 
Sunshine, baby. Sunshine. I'm jealous. Okay, should we do uh, a couple bets that I've made for this week and that I really like? Uh, yeah, but before I say that, I gotta say, you know, the model's been jumping ship recently here. You're going <laughs> against the model here. So before you make these picks, give us some of the results from last week. Do you have that pulled up? Do you have a few picks that you liked for us to look at last week? Can we see those? That I don't even remember what I picked last week. Do okay. you remember? I don't. So let's move on from that one. Uh, all right, who you got this week then? All right, so I will offer you. I'll offer you two picks again this week. Okay. And I'll make this a little uncomfortable. <laughs> the first game, I'm going to go to the ACC, and I'm going to look at the Virginia-Virginia Tech game. Virginia is home. I like uh, – so Virginia is a slight home underdog. I think they're anywhere from plus 2.5 to plus 3. I actually see Virginia winning this game. So I've already bet them money line at a plus number. Um when it flipped up to three. So I'm going to be taking Virginia over the Virginia tech Hokies here, which is good because at any time in the past, Virginia tech has just absolutely hosed me. Screw them. (laughs) The second game I'm going to be going to, uh, we have Eastern Michigan against Kent state. This big game game of the week is also, yeah, I think this game's on Friday. I think both these games are on Friday. Uh, right now, the spread that I locked in at was Eastern Michigan minus five and a half. I see this as the Eastern Michigan win by about 21 points. So three scores. I am all over Eastern Michigan here, minus five and a half. And I have no idea what the current spread spread is. It's looking like it is minus five. So you okay. can actually even get a better, better number right now. Okay. Good to know. Well, those are some, uh, in the weed games and I love when we get those. Just, um, one of the things we should tease at the end, um, we should talk a little bit about how my performance with the model has done um, at the end of this regular season, just to kind of loop back and keep me accountable. It's been uh, on fire these last couple of weeks, um, but I want to make sure that you guys know kind of what the good, the bad, and the ugly has been. Yeah, we'll come back and look at that. I think we should do an episode, even though we're not going to count it towards the contest. We'll look at the conference championship games. We should preview them, give some lines, make some picks for those, uh, and then pretty much give a year in summary of the model and how uh, what we've learned from it. It seems like it's getting stronger as the year is going uh, going by. It has. It's been really nice since I've started bringing in Vegas opening spread. I don't think I've uh, I've maybe had one or one down weekend, and it's been uh, very profitable. Other than that. Who knows if that'll continue to be the case, um, but we should also tease that we're going to do some bowl picks as well. So we'll do a full on bowl mania absolutely uh, summary and kind of let you guys know where we're going to be landing with our bowl uh, competition. Absolutely. Looking forward to that one. I got one shot and one shot only. I need all three of these games to go my way. So we'll see if that can happen. Uh, let's have everyone stick around, though. It's uh, time for the second segment of the episode where we are talking NFL We're also going to be giving you guys a free Thanksgiving football pick, so stay tuned for that. All right, for the second segment of the episode, once again, we are welcoming back our very own NFL insider, Coulter. Coulter, welcome to the show, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling. I've I've had better, uh, you know, weeks coming off the pool. Uh, you know, I had to cede the championship this week to the model, 
congrats to him. He beat, he beat me uh, down pretty, pretty thoroughly last night. Those Baltimore Ravens are just too much to handle. Uh, a good week for me in the pool unraveled on Monday night in Los Angeles. I went head to head with the whole league, not just the model. I, did you guys see it was like 25 of 30 guys had picked Baltimore. So I was one of the only sad souls on the Rams and it was an unfortunate set of circumstances, but it takes a big man to say it, but I was wrong. That's all there is to it. <laughs> That's all it is. Mr. Model, congratulations on your win. Not only did you win the pool that we're in, you also won the head-to-head against Coulter. How does it feel, man? You know, I'm riding an all-time high right now. I don't. I do not want this feeling to end. I'm hoping to continue it going this week. I have been slowly pulling myself up in the overall pool. I think I'm up to somewhere in the top five, still behind Coulter. You're in fourth. Um, You're very close. You're yeah, dipping at yeah. the heels. Yeah. So we'll see if I can keep some momentum. I I will say I texted you guys earlier this week to say, hey, I, I needed a quick therapy session. I didn't know who to go with my key pick. I was starting to second guess my podcast pick of Baltimore minus three and a half. Uh, it came through, which was good. But I ended up also using the Seattle plus one and a half over Philly, which also turned out very nicely. So kudos to you guys. Yeah. I mean, that was my key pick, Casale, Seattle. I tweeted about it. I gave you guys some reasons. Philly was short people. Russell Wilson as an underdog in this league is incredible. He now goes to 24, seven and one as an underdog. I mean, when you get those points, it's crazy. It's you just have to take it with Russell. But as you both mentioned last night was a head to head. It was a key off. It was a pickoff between Coulter and the model. Coulter, you were very high on the Rams. And I think I even pushed back being like, I don't see how they can stop them. To which you countered with, they've got two of the best guys on defense in the field, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Man, Lamar made it look like they weren't even playing. Yeah, uh, I just got the handicap wrong. And ironically, you know, I kept saying last week to you guys, don't get too caught up in your midweek handicap. And then I did that again. I didn't even switch off of the Rams, which was a terrible, uh, just a terrible handicap by me. Their defensive line was neutralized. Marshall Yonda's an all pro left guard. He made Aaron Donald non-existent, and you said it best, Kaz. It was like those two guys are not even out there. Um, ironically, what did me in uh, this week in the pool is what actually had me soaring Sunday. I was number one in the rankings, taking some kind of bad teams, fading the general uh, public picks. I went with the Bengals, Redskins, and Jets. Sometimes you win with ugly, uh, unsexy teams, and then sometimes they're your demise. And Rams, welcome to that list. You are an ugly not flattering team. You're not sexy. And quite frankly, you're the opposite of what you were last year. And I will not be picking you ever again on this podcast for the rest of the season. See, you've got no offense. It's unbelievable. And the defense is supposed to be a strong suit for them. And they just got torched. Uh, Mr. Model, you handicapped it perfectly, man. Uh, I don't know what you were seeing differently, but uh, you're riding the Lamar Jackson train. I think the only thing that will come to my mind right now is that to me, there's flexibility in your offensive scheme. If you can have a quarterback who's a dual threat. So even though we had talked about last week on the podcast, the defensive line for the LA Rams is definitely one of their strengths, especially with Aaron Donald. But to me, there's something, there's some funkiness that you can do. There's some, there's some curveballs you can throw in knowing the flexibility you have with Lamar Jackson and the mobility that he provides. So you know, certainly that isn't going to be the end all be all. That guy had a phenomenal game with his arm, but uh, there's just something, a strength there that could be said for giving you a little something when you, uh, when you definitely need it. Well, I'm curious to see how Lamar does moving forward because I'm just going to jump in this real quick. We were talking about last week with the Rams game and seeing if uh, their defense could stop Lamar. Well, this week looking ahead, we finally got a defense that I think 
has a chance to shut down Lamar. And if he can't do it, I know we were discussing this earlier via text. If the Niners can't shut down Lamar, I mean, it is a scary proposition for the rest of the league. Yeah. I mean, that, that is the matchup of the year. Quite frankly, uh, I'm thinking about putting a little bit of a Super Bowl bet in on those two teams. I, I could really see the storyline of that game. The Ravens are the ultimate, like, you know, it symbolizes a, a different era in NFL football. Um, uh, you know, they've created this offense for this generational player in Jackson and the Niners had just had this incredible defensive line, a la your giants from, uh, you know, decade ago. And they also have this team that it shows, you know, they didn't, you know, they were the team that had Kaepernick. So it's an important thing for, I think for the league to kind of get over this Kaepernick trauma or more or less to show that Jimmy G is good enough to lead these Niners. And so I think that's a good Super Bowl preview. I, I'm glad they're playing this week because it's a really intriguing matchup. I love that D line versus uh, Jackson. I can't get enough of that matchup. Yeah. And that's the matchup to look for because that D line we talked about with Aaron Donald, maybe, you know, he had a chance to shut down Lamar, but the Niners defensive line is incredibly complete. They can come at you at the ends. They can bring the pressure up the middle. That is the matchup that I want to see. I'm kind of mad that we're not getting that on prime time. It's a one o'clock Sunday game, especially on Thanksgiving Sunday when people are probably going to be traveling. Yeah, it's just brutal. Well, the next one I want to talk about real quick, it's the coaching matchup of the year. Just two geniuses going back and forth with each other. And by that, of course, I'm talking about Pat Shermer and Matt Nagy in this Giants Bears game. Holy motherfucking hell. I don't know how Pat Shermer still has a job. I was adamant after the game that he should be fired. I was tweeting it. I made it just known. I'm shocked that the Giants even let him on the team plane. It is unfucking believable for all the stuff we said about Matt Nagy. Pat Shermer just needs to be in the crosshairs. I'm just going to read you guys some stats here about Pat Shermer as a head coach. Okay. 2011, the Cleveland Browns, he goes four and 12 the next year, five and 11 gets fired. Justly. So then he has one interim game in Philly. He goes 1-0 in 2015, and then somehow he gets another head coaching job with the New York Giants. Last year, 5-11. and This year, 2-9. and If you aren't good at math, I'll save you the time. He is 17-43 and as a head coach. That's atrocious. Doesn't get much worse. No. And I just don't understand how they keep this guy around any longer. But at the same time, is it worth even firing him midseason? Because at this point— they're on pace to have the number two overall draft pick. Okay. And they desperately need talent on this team. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I've been saying it, Pat Shermer or not Pat Shermer, Dave Gettleman does not like pass rush. So guess what? If they finish with the number two pick, there's a guy by the name of chase young, who's just sitting there. And I don't want Dave Gettleman in that draft room. I want him gone too. get us a new GM who can rebuild this team and start from scratch but my God, that game was just loaded with bad coaching decisions. Well, it's funny, uh, Matt Patricia, Matt Nagy uh, matchup here. It's like Matt Nagy's almost in the playoffs of bad coaches. He's advanced, and this is how I have it framed in our, our rankings this week. He's advanced in one part of the bracket past Pat Shermer, uh, and now he's playing Matt Patricia for the real spot. And the it, like. So the winner of this Thanksgiving Day game, although it's a terrible matchup for us fans, it actually does have a little bit of intrigue for me as a bad coaching scout because it really is the true champion of bad coaching will be crowned on Turkey Day. 
Yeah, that's an atrocious game. I wish somehow we could flex that game out of out of the schedule because no one wants to watch that game. Matt Patricia, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna preview here is number two on my list after not being even an honorable mention for the last several weeks. I don't know how I missed out on this one. Maybe it was because they were playing well with the backup quarterback, but just seeing Dwayne Haskins miss the end of the game by celebrating with the fans and taking selfies with them, and they had to put in Case Keenum. That says it all about Matt Patricia, I think. He's wearing the biggest black eye in the aftermath of losing that game than any other coach this year. I mean, just a pathetic loss. How do you lose to Dwayne Haskins? This guy isn't even mature enough to be on the field to take the damn knee at the end of the game. Uh, losing at Washington is something no team has done this season. So congrats to Matt Patricia. You're truly a loser. Um, and of course, this could be flipping next week. Matt Nagy could be in the two hole for me. Uh, he's actually uh, honorable mention this week is Matt Nagy. He's off the, my top five, but uh, it's all going to be played out at noon on Thanksgiving. You guys better buckle up because this game might be coming back to uh, haunt us and to be discussed in our upcoming picks for this week. So uh, stay tuned on that one. I like it. All right. (laughs) Um, I picked stupidly the Lions and Matt Patricia minus three and a half to beat Washington. I just I'm it blows my mind that they didn't win that game. I was watching and Haskins just missed every open receiver. They probably should have had four touchdowns. Instead, they don't score an offensive touchdown and somehow win the game. I'm, I just it's it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Um, all right. Real quick. Do we want to run through our top five of bottom coaches? Let's see where we got. We got any updates? Sure. Uh, yeah. So the way I'm going to be doing this real quick is if people have been listening, they've, they've noticed I've been cheating. So I've added a six coach here. Uh, honorable mention list there. There's just too many bad coaches to get into the top five. So I'm actually eliminating two people based on last night's Rams loss, believe it or not. And because it verifies that we all were suspicious of heading into the preseason. I think you guys can all agree. And that was the Sean McVay coaching tree. Every football fan in America was looking at that and being like, huh, with their eyes a little perplexed. And sure enough, it's really lived out with uh, his disciples, Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor. They're just not good, and I don't really want to spend any more time talking about them. We've ripped Taylor incessantly on this pod. Uh, it doesn't mean necessarily we're going to spare him. He is the worst, um, but he lost to a guy named Duck this weekend. He <laughs> should be coaching a Division Three team. Uh, that's going to likely be Taylor's fate. This team doesn't have a win. Um, we're not going to give him any more space here. I just had to get that off my chest, and Lafleur was equally disappointing, albeit the Packers are somehow 8-3. They're like the opposite of uh, – the Bengals, but I think this guy's an atrocious coach to get blown out like they did on Sunday night. He was, he went from not even being on my radar of bad coaches to now he's in my top 10. This guy doesn't know how to travel either. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they've gotten blown out by the Niners and chargers uh, just this month alone. When green Bay is outside of Lambeau, my confidence in this team was high at one point of the season. It's now completely rocked. I'm beginning to fade the Packers on the road whenever they're on the road. And I'm going to be considered doing it even at home because they're always pricey at home. Uh, I just had to get those two out there. What do you guys think about those two coaches? Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, so bad that I can't even have them in my top five right now. I'm just so upset. I mean, Zach Taylor's a no-brainer to the point now where I don't know if you saw us. I think today he announced that they're going back to Andy Dalton. It's like, what are you doing? Right. Man? Yeah. Total bonehead move. Yeah. I was, you, you, I'm th- thank you for bringing that up. I was actually, I meant, uh, forgot to mention that there off the top is that the Bengals are just so in disarray that they can't even choose a quarterback. This guy, as we went over two podcasts ago, has just, he's risen up the ranks through nepotism. When I was graduating college six years ago, he was just starting his coaching career anywhere. And now he's an NFL head coach. I don't buy anybody with that short of a, a resume. It just doesn't make any sense. And 
again, they lost to the Steelers this past week, and now they're going back to Dalton. It's just a mess there. It's yeah. Insane. And with Lafleur, I mean, it, it isn't a situation where they just didn't show up at all. That's a game where, if you really were to look at it, probably the Niners are a better team. Obviously, they show that they're a better team, but to just get the doors blown off of you is bad. I don't know if I'm quite ready to put him in my top five, but uh, just obviously the record is is still good enough, and they've got Rodgers. Um, I'm not ready to put him in the top five yet, but yeah, he he's making some questionable calls. Yeah, to be top five, it, we got Jason Garrett at number five. Uh, those two guys, I just I had to get off my chest to make room for the actual top five. I had to clear some space. Jason Garrett. Special team sequence in that, I mean, we just have to spend a little time on this. I'm sorry. Where Belichick backed the Cowboys up 10 yards uh, with a series of failures on that fourth down. He saves his team 25 yards just because the Cowboys are undisciplined and they don't know what the hell they're doing uh, on special teams. There was just so many gaffes in that game, but that just blew my mind. He really, and Aikman kept highlighting it, credit to Troy, about how they were going to switch the field or flip the field on the Patriots. And then, of course, Belichick, mind games up his ass just blew Garrett out there. It actually ended up being total advantage for the Pats. They ended up winning the game, I think, because of that sequence. Um, the media narrative is that he's Jerry Jones is moving on from Jason Garrett, but overall the Cowboys did cover the spread here, and that's why Garrett lands at number five. I know a lot of people think he's the worst coach in the league, quote-unquote. They played above expectations in Foxborough. Historically, not a lot of teams do that. In fact, 6-21 and 21 in the last time, the last 27 teams against the Patriots, minus six or more. So, I mean or plus six or more. I mean, this is a Cowboys team that did cover the spread for, for the model. And I, I got the key pick too. I switched, I flip flopped completely on Sunday morning. I saw the weather and was like, I'm taking the six and a half points. I'm not, I'm not fucking around here. So they did cover Garrett is number five, but I mean, what do you guys think of Jason Garrett? Obviously he's been the kind of pinata this week in the media. Well, it's in in game decision-making the the big one that everyone's on him about is kicking the field goal six minutes to go in the game. That's a terrible decision. They haven't been able to move the ball the entire game against the Patriots. And what about that offense, the Patriots offense? Did you think that you could stop them long enough to prevent them from scoring, but also give you enough time to come down and score again? That was just asinine. And then the same thing when they finally, they, you know, punt the ball, they stopped the Patriots. It's a third down play. The Cowboys have three timeouts and he didn't take a timeout with like three minutes to go in the game. I'm like, dude, it's third and long. If you really want to give yourself a shot here, call timeout, trust your defense to make a stop. The Patriots are probably going to throw the ball because they're trying to end the game. Sure enough, they did. It was an incomplete pass and they just wasted 40 seconds that they could have had back. I just couldn't believe it. It's just easy bonehead decisions that this guy's blowing. He and I feel feel like that was very lucky because New England easily could have hit a field goal and run that timeout because I think what a field goal takes four seconds, but they chose to do that incomplete pass throwing it sky high and still only having a couple seconds run off and Dallas get the ball back. No, I would have brought up the the field goal decision as well because I think that was absolutely right in that you guys just think it was bonehead. It just didn't make any sense to me. They're down by seven. Yeah, future New York Giants coach, by the way. Fuck. I was man. gonna say this is a gambling show, so this game, Jason Garrett thing does touch on a few factors. Most importantly, we're gonna have odds about where Jason Garrett goes next, so we're gonna have to try to talk about that in a future podcast. And secondly, Jason Garrett and the Cowboys. I, I know people are gonna think this is a wild opinion, but like you're a Giants fan, they won the Super Bowl at nine and seven. The Steelers have won at nine and seven. Let's not ever count out this Dallas team at nine and seven as a four seed in the NFC. I totally can see this team making a run. They win their first game. They go play at San Francisco, which I've already talked about, I think is a weak home field advantage. 
I think they could beat San Francisco on the road. I think their offensive line can neutralize San Francisco's defensive line. And then all you need is one more win in the NFC championship game and you're in the Super Bowl. So I know it sounds preposterous, but Dallas is talented and Dallas should be better. And so it really is, as we've talked about, just the coaching. It really is. So let's not say Dallas is done here because I was listening to a talk show earlier today and they made it seem like the Cowboys had no chance. This is one of the most talented rosters in the league. Let's pump the brakes here. This team could still get there. I I know Garrett, it seems like a long, long, long shot, but like I'm going to be on the record saying it right now. We're week 13. I'm not burying the Cowboys. I still think that they can compete in the NFC. Well, I think that's uh, Jerry Jones' big beef, and he's saying that with talent on that team, they should be better, and I agree with you. I mean, that's all goes down to Garrett, and that's why I don't think they got a shot. So that's right. all I'm saying on that one. I guess, I, I guess that's what it is. Garrett is yeah. the great neutralizer. Yeah. I just I think – even with a bad coach, a good team at nine and seven, when the playoffs start, who knows? I mean, it doesn't seem like it's realistic with Garrett right now, but like in two, in a month from now, if they're, they've won two games and they're playing the NFC championship game, people are going to be like, Oh, how did this happen? It's well, the Cowboys are really freaking good. That's how it happened. Let's bang out the last three coaches here though. We have got Garrett at five and I already talked about Patricia at two. Freddie kitchens is at four guys. Whoa. Uh, I know I had to drop him a few cause he's won three games, but, uh, longevity here. He's been on the list every week. He has to be on it, uh, but he's fallen a few spots after covering the spread for the third straight time. This is a gambling show. I got to give him and Garrett credit. They both cover the spread. The team looked to lose focus in a little bit in the middle of the game on Sunday, but they did turn it up late and they did cover that spread. I hate to judge uh, right now, but kitchens, you know, he's got a little bit more leash uh, room on the leash that I gave him earlier in uh, the season. Not a lot of room, but this guy, he's a, Proving incrementally he's down to four somehow he's not off the hook yet this guy's still one of the league's worst coaches but there's pat Shermer at three and then my new number one uh do you want to do we want to talk about pat Shermer real quick do you want or do we I already honestly bet? don't i covered him it's gonna make me sick to my stomach if i talk about him anymore i want him gone i am surprised like i said they even let him on the team fucking plane the guy sucks he's terrible actually here's the one thing i will say about it. so give me two minutes maybe max You've got a guy like Saquon Barkley, and if you want to say that he's hurt, injured, fine. I get it. He Maybe he's not playing as well as he should be. You can't tell me when you look around this league and you see what people are doing with guys like Christian McCaffrey and every other athletic fucking running back like Alvin Kamara that are getting their star running back the ball in space. Fucking can we do that with Saquon Barkley? Can we put him on a mismatch with a linebacker? I just don't understand it. They've got him running up the middle into a dead fucking line on first and 10 every time. Pat Shermer, Mike Shula, who's ever fucking behind these play callings, you suck. Well, do you guys want to hear number one? Because it's a new candidate. He hasn't actually actually, you know what? He tied last week. He did join. He did join the list last week. Who we Doug got? Marone is my Doug Marone is my new number one. Uh, <laughs> He's back for the for the second week in a row. The Jags played on the road in an absolute must win game against a divisional opponent for the second straight game. They laid a complete egg. No extra motivation from getting Nick Foles back. I don't care what you say really about Foles. Usually getting the quarterback, the starting quarterback, the franchise guy, the hundred million dollar man provides a boost to any franchise and Foles, the quality of his play. Besides, it has done the opposite of that for the Jaguars locker room that falls back on the head coach who earlier in the year, faithful listeners will know, is the first coach I bet to be fired. I think one of you two also bet on on Doug Marone as well to be the first coach fired. Uh, You know, that was a misfire because of the Redskins. 
but I really do think he's a goner now, and uh, he's fighting for the crown for league's worst. I mean, he's beating out Matt Patricia, Pat Shermer, and uh, Freddie Kitchens this week. I mean, just two dr- dreadful performances from the Jaguars coming off their bye week. I, I haven't seen that bad of coaching off a bye in consecutive games in quite some time. So, Doug Marone, welcome. You're the new leader. You're the new leader in the clubhouse. I was all over him preseason, and I'm back on him. I agree. He should be in the spot right now. They got absolutely blown out by a team that had no business blowing out anybody. So I think it's time to go back to Minshew. Why not? Um, Okay. So that's our uh, top five. We've got a lot of bad coaches out there right now, folks. Let's just pray that some new coaches can come in next year. Uh, Let's go ahead though, because Mr. Model had himself a week in the picks. Let's recap that. And let's see how everyone is standing after 12 weeks of football. Okay, so for the games that we had last week, Coulter, you went, unfortunately, 0-2. I know. Uh, Your first pick, the LA Rams over Baltimore. We all know how that turned out last night. Baltimore came through and came through handily. And then your key pick that you made on the podcast, which it sounds like you ended up switching later, you had taken New England minus 6.5 over Dallas. That one obviously lost, although it was very close. Kaz, key pick Kazale continues. Ten, Keep it ten, coming, ten, my ten, man. Yeah, ten and two <laughs> on the week or on the season. That is unbelievable against the spread. Is Keep KFC sponsoring this yet or what? We need somebody to be sponsoring. I don't care who it is. I'm blasting this out to the sponsorship world. Somebody get on board this because it is Lock City, baby. So you went one and one with your key pick coming through. Not shocking to anyone on this podcast. You had taken New Orleans minus nine and a half over Carolina, which ended up as a three point game. So Carolina covered there. You ended up losing. And then your key pick Seattle plus one and a half over Philly came through. Your two points continues to have you rolling along in this competition. And then for me, I'm making a late break. Everyone knows that I break late in this competition. I went two and oh. I had taken your key pick as my initial pick, which I didn't know when I made it, but then it only gave me more momentum. I had taken Seattle plus one and a half over Philly. And then my key pick on the podcast uh, was Baltimore minus three and a half over the LA Rams, which was in conflict with what Coulter had that ended up coming through nicely for me as well. Are you guys ready for the standings? Let's hear it, baby. In first place. Ryan, you continue to own the position. Uh, 20 points overall. You have 11 wins and 13 losses. Those key picks are just absolutely carrying you, and there is no looking back right now. That's right, baby. We're going to continue it this week. I was going to say, let's start doing the standings in the pool. Let's read those. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Coulter Loblo. The podcast standings, I'm really getting tired of hearing. I'm just doing so bad. I should note, too, by the way, you guys, this is like a trigger for our listeners and for you guys. I am horrendous in best bet crossfires. I think I've lost two to Kaz, and now I've definitely lost one to the model, and I have not won any. I know that. So when you guys – uh, my second pick of the week, when you guys challenge me head to head with your best bets, you guys are three and zero, if not four and zero. I know you beat me with the Saints earlier this year, and I think there was one recently too. And then you add on this most recent one with the Rams. I'm getting slaughtered in this spot. Thank God we're not betting each other because I would be losing money here on the pod. Just an absolutely dreadful one. I should say though, a little pat on my shoulder, and I think this came to fruition. How many times have I mentioned New England's kicking game as their Achilles heel? I switched and I switched because I kept saying that to myself when I woke up on Sunday. It was bad weather, bad kicking. Give me the points with New England. That is where the value lies in this team. They don't have a reliable kicker. 
Yeah, it's true. That's some good uh, sabermetrics right there, folks. Well, culture metrics. Yeah. NFL insider <laughs> culture metrics. I like that. Uh, all right, back to the standings. So I'm in second place with 17 points just coming up on you. Uh, only three points behind. I, too, have 11 wins and 13 losses, but I'm not doing as well as my key picks. And then, Coulter, you're still uh, bringing up the rear. Nine points total, eight wins, 16 losses. Unbelievable. Yeah, nothing to say other than I'm just sorry for the listeners. I'm wasting their time. Bad picks all around for me. Follow me on Twitter. I'm giving out a little bit better stuff on Sunday morning when there's a little bit more time, but, uh, still not great, but somehow I'm doing it in the pool. It's like, I'm playing yeah. a line in the pool or something. Well, all right, let's look ahead to week number 13. So we have got Thanksgiving football three games on Thursday. Oh, it just does not get much better than that. You got your food, you've got your football. It's just amazing. Hopefully you got friends and family, but Let's be honest. The football is the main course of the day. So what we are doing this week, we are adding in one extra pick and it's got to be a Thanksgiving Thursday pick. Mr. Model, since you had yourself a nice sweep last week, a three point week, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your first pick? Okay. This is my Thanksgiving appetizer for you all. Okay. Um, I am going to be taking the Chicago Bears minus two and a half over the Detroit Lions for my first non-key pick. And even though this is a Thanksgiving game, I like this game so much. This is going to be one that I'm including in the competition. Here's the rationale. So I'm thinking that this is going to be a get right spot for the Chicago Bears. And just recently, earlier this week, I think it was announced either earlier today or yesterday, we're recording this on a Tuesday, Jeff Driscoll, the quarterback for the Detroit Lions, has shown up on the injury report. He is limited coming out of last week's game with a hamstring injury. Uh, I think it's going to really impact his mobility. I suspect that he's still going to play, so I don't think it's going to be enough to keep him out. But if you guys had to take a guess, who, let's, let's pretend Jeff doesn't play, who is his backup? Do you know? Holy shit. I have no idea. Is it somebody that we would know or is it an unknown? Uh, no, it's pretty unknown. He's undrafted and he's out of Purdue. No clue. I had to look this up. It's David Blow, B-L-O-U-G-H. So hopefully Dude. I'm pronouncing that right. Undrafted rookie or undrafted free agent, I should say, out of Purdue. So Man, we shall how, see. How many built-in Dave Blow's jokes are there going to be? <laughs> I can't believe that that's going to be a national TV noon on a Thursday on Thanksgiving day. It's if that guy starts, I, I feel like Driscoll has to start. They'll, they'll put some sort of magic magic drug and get him off into the game. <laughs> but I agree completely with the uh, models handicap there. Detroit's defense is also terrible. So, I mean, you're injured quarterback, bad defense, uh, bad coaching. As we just went over, it seems like it's a nightmare. The only bad thing about taking Chicago in this spot is you're, you have to you have to lay the points there with Mitch Trubisky on the road. Uh, but honestly, their offense has more talent uh, than that Detroit defense, I think. And you just said it; they've kind of reversed the season here. I know they're out of the playoff picture, but it's kind of like a get right two game swing for them. Four and six, beat the Giants at home, take care of business on the road against Detroit. You are familiar with this team; you've already seen them. If Matt Nagy is worth a lick, he has to win this game as a coach. If if he is worth any any grain on that best coach trophy from last season must win this game and get his team back to six and six. I completely agree with the model here. I actually had that as 
I thought we were going to do two Thanksgiving best bets. So I had the bears and I have one other one though that I'll share with us coming up, but I, I I'm on the bears. I'm a little weary about Mitch Trubisky. That'd be my one thing to hold back on, but sometimes you got to just run into a brick wall. I did it with Dwayne Haskins this uh, last week and it worked out, you know, you don't want to do it, but sometimes you just have to in betting. Yeah. I'm with you as well. Uh, I just have no faith at all in Detroit. After you lose to Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins, you're an embarrassment. Um, I don't like the bears per se. I think they uh, should have blown the doors off the giants, but in this situation, I'm with you, Mr. Model. Give me the bears. Um, okay. Mr. Coulter, our insider. Yeah, who you if, got? Mitch, if Mitch does show up, that game is, that's the other thing is you're going to be really happy with yourself. If Mitch Trubisky looks like Mitch Trubisky of last season, they could be up 24, nothing very quickly yeah. in that game. And you could be having a couple beers with your relatives and just enjoying yourself for taking the bears. And I actually think the public is going to be on the lions. I think they're going to fade Mitch Trubisky uh, with the two and a half there. It's it, that's, I mean, it's really tough to take them on the road with points like that. It's, it's almost like, you know, it's like betting on Freddie kitchens at this point. You don't want to do that. But again, sometimes you just have to run into a wall even though you don't like it, Mitch Trubisky in the points, my best bet. Uh, speaking of another mobile quarterback, who's a little wild. I'm going to take the bills plus seven. Josh Allen is actually the fourth ranked fantasy quarterback. I know he was a turnover machine earlier this year, but he's gotten that under wraps. Meanwhile, the bills are surging. They have a lot to play for. This is a great spe- schedule spot for them. The Cowboys are coming off a gauntlet slate of games and playing on a short week. They played Minnesota and New England recently. They played late on Sunday in New England on the road against the league's best team. They are worn down from that game. Buffalo is on the complete opposite end of that. They've played a weak Broncos team, a weak Dolphins team. And uh, if you want a point of comparison, by the way, uh, if anyone doubts, oh, a team is weak coming off of playing New England, look no further than Buffalo. I know I just praised them for beating the Broncos and the Dolphins, but guess what? They're five games after playing New England. They were one and four against the spread. That is Patriots fatigue factor right there. They are a great example of that. If you go up against the best, you will have fatigue. Buffalo, uh, they're playing. They're coming off two weak games, and Dallas is coming off two strong games. Dallas is going to feel it. Buffalo needs a win here, too. They've got home games against uh, Baltimore and then on the road against New England coming up. If they want to be in the AFC playoffs, they have to win this game. So, therefore, seven points is a lot. Uh, I like the coaching advantage too. McDermott. I have ranked ninth Garrett, as we already went over is 28th. So there's a big gap there and a lot of points. I don't like Dallas as a pricey home favorite either. No home field advantage, the Cowboys. Now, Coulter, I have to ask you here. So in our, uh, office picks competition, we have Dallas as minus six and a half. Does that change it at all for you? Oh, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I put down plus seven because that's what I was working with on Bovada. I didn't realize the office thing had came up yet. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, six and a half. You know, I would like it better at seven, obviously, because seven's the key number. But my handicap is my handicap. And it's like I like the points and I like the coaching advantage. Um Amari Cooper showed me nothing too. He's a really integral part of that Dallas offense. When he's covered by a good corner, like he was with Gilmore, he was nothing white on Buffalo is a league, the top three corner in the league. So if Cooper struggles again, Dallas's offense isn't humming like it does. I just Garrett six and a half is a lot of points as we just went over. I mean, he's not that good of a coach. So yeah, I'm still taking the bills. Uh, I would like it at seven, but I'm still going to take them as my best bet. That Atlanta New Orleans game is too crazy. And we already went over the Chicago one. So there you are. So is that your key pick or is that just uh, your Thanksgiving pick? No, that's my Thanksgiving pick. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I am with you as well. That is my Thanksgiving pick. Buffalo's defense is no joke. 
Now their offense, you can say what you want about their offense. It's very dependent on Josh Allen being able to make some plays with his legs. Dallas's defense is also very good. Uh, this would be a game I would look at as a potential under if you weren't going to bet that way. But I also really like the the Bills here plus six and a half. I just think that that Dallas's offense is not clicking well right now. I know they played in the weather against a really tough New England team, but Buffalo's defense is not quite as good as New England's. It's up there though. They got a really good defense. The coaching mismatch is there. Like you said, Coulter, I think this win uh, pretty much solidifies them in a wild card spot here. So uh, I, uh, I like this situation and I am riding the bills plus six and a half. I hate to say it, but I am on the side of Dallas Cowboys in this one. Oh baby. So, uh, I've gone through and uh, done my initial picks with my gut. And I'm also bringing the uh, NFL model back this week. So the my NFL model has this game as a Dallas Cowboys win by exactly seven points. So to me, this is one of the ones that are really close to what the current lines actually are. I just like the idea of the Dallas Cowboys coming and playing at home on Thanksgiving. I think they're going to be ready to go after a really tough matchup with the uh, New England Patriot defense last week. I expect them to play better. I totally acknowledge that the Bills also, too, have a good defense, but I don't think it's as good as the Patriots. I think they're going to score some more points here. I think it's definitely going to be close, but I'd like to see Dallas Cowboys come through. So I'm going to be going against you guys here. I'm going to be on Dallas. It's hard for me uh, just to go against every like gut that I've had growing up as a kid is don't bet against Detroit and Dallas at home on Thanksgiving. And I'm doing that. I think it's probably a split. I just, one of those two teams isn't covering the spread Detroit or Dallas. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like, I, I, I think Chicago is in the surging spot. I, I, I really do like that. They were four and six. I could see them getting back to six and six. Uh, it's not a full three points in the pool. And then Buffalo, they've got to keep these teams off their back. The, the Raiders and the Steelers, the other teams that are coming for them, the Titans. I know they've got a little bit of a separation, but even losing this game to Dallas uh, could get, put them in a bad spot later on in the year because they have Baltimore and New England coming up. Um, I think they take advantage of the coaching uh, mismatch here. That's why I like the Bills. Cool. Interesting. None of us picked that Saints game because I think that yeah. one is weird because they just lost to the Atlanta Falcons by 18. Uh, and so you think Atlanta has to have some sort of value as the underdog here, but then it's like, why would you ever want to pick the three and eight Falcons? Uh, they just seem so discombobulated. They're the only team that could possibly lose to Jameis Winston, even though he's throwing multiple turnovers. Uh, that's like a gimme spot for half the league. If Jameis throws two picks, you're usually going to beat the bucks. In fact, the Falcons lost by double digits in that situation on Sunday. So you I don't want to model pick. Uh, just yeah. Jaden over there. Yeah. What's going hit, on? Hit, hit me. Hit me. What does the model say here? I need some back. Well, here. You're, you're as of right now, you are bringing up what I have as my key pick for this wow. week. On this, are you on the saints though? Or no, I am on the saints. Okay. So that's yes. where I landed right now is I'm on the saints, but I just don't get that spread because they just lost to them by 18 points. And it just freaks me out. Uh, Maybe Atlanta has some sort of perceived advantage that we didn't realize. But I think what it comes down to, I've landed on the Saints, is they won that game, as I pointed out on the pod last week. They were partying for Sean Payton's engagement uh, literally 24 hours before they kicked off against Atlanta the last time. So I think that's why the Falcons beat them. And I don't think it's anything on the field X's and O's wise. Because otherwise, I would be petrified about taking a team with six and a half points that literally just lost to the other team by 18 uh, within 14 days. It just doesn't seem right. But yeah, I think there's a weird set of circumstances with the Sean Payton engagement party. 
Uh, we don't really see that in the NFL and people aren't paying attention to it, but I can't emphasize that enough for our listeners. That saints game is that's one of those ones that you can't really factor into when you're handicapping them. Cause they just were not prepared uh, see, when they play the Falcons. I just got burned by the saints. So this game makes me very fucking nervous. I thought oh, and that's the other thing. <laughs> that's the other thing too. I was going to say they just didn't cover the spread at home yeah. against the Panthers. Thank you for pointing that out against Ron Rivera too. Ron Rivera. Uh, Kyle Allen. So it's like, I don't know. This game makes me nervous. I, my pick is new Orleans here, but, uh, you've got balls model. I, uh, I'm not touching that one. So that's I'm, your, that's your key pick for two points in the pool is the saints. As of right now, I'm going to make this my key pick, uh, I'm for this coming that. weekend. Um, I have so it already. I'm riding with I, you there. Yeah. I like this a lot. All right. So just to real quick, let me give you a couple of reasons. So one, uh, my NFL model has this game as a, a six point win. Uh, by the New Orleans Saints, so certainly very close to the six and a half spread that we're seeing in the in the office pool. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons have a number of injuries that are certainly going to impact them. So they have Matt Ryan coming back this week. Um, well, no, I shouldn't say coming back. He was a full participant in practice so far this week, but they have a number of what I would think of as key guys who are out or limited. So Desmond Trufant, cornerback, Devonta Freeman, running back, um, are both limited participants in practice this week. And then folks who haven't practiced at all, you have Julio Jones and Austin Hooper, both critical pieces on their offense in terms of, uh, catch pass catchers and uh, playmakers. So to me, this is a total revenge game for the saints. They're going to come in super motivated. They just got blown out by these, uh, by these Atlanta Falcons. I think these guys are going to be playing way better than what they had played in the past. And I like that. It's a inside, uh, it's an away game for them, but it's inside the dome in Atlanta. So I think they're going to be uh, cruising on all notches. And I'm just hoping that uh breeze's arm is going to come back and look better than what it's been in the past. So we'll see. They need to bounce back. It's prime time. I could see it happening. It's just, I'm, I'm been burned by this team, so I'm not touching them. All right, let's go to you Coulter. Who would be your second pick of the week? It's going to be, the LA chargers against my Broncos. I know it's snowing out there uh, right now as the model can attest. And that would be a perceived advantage for Philip river or for the Broncos being at home with the snow and Philip rivers and the sunshine boys from California coming into town. But man, Oh man, is there a talent talent disparity of epic proportions in this game? I think the chargers have eight of the 10 best players in this game. Um, I know their season is, perceivably over the chargers, but let's not forget. This is a playoff team from last year. They had the better quarterback. The Broncos season is just over with it. Their offensive line is in disarray. They can't run the football. They have a backup quarterback. Uh, I know it taking Anthony Lynn on the road with two and a half points, is like taking Mitch Trubisky on the road, but I know my team, I know my team. Well, they're not winning this game. In fact, uh, maybe one other game they win this year. I, the only way, the only way I think this bites me in the ass is if the Chargers somehow win a funky 19-7 game, a 17 game, and they don't actually cover that two and a half spread. That I could see. I could see them missing an extra point early in the game and winning the game by two points. And so maybe I'm doing our disservice to our listeners. But the Chargers are winning this football game. That is a lock. And therefore, I have to take the two and a half points because I just perceive them winning by a field goal. If they miss the extra point and I lose by half a point, I apologize dearly to the listeners. I could see it with Sandy or with LA because they're a freaking weird ass team. Um, I'm putting that out there full disclosure to our listeners because the two and a half is a little tricky there with that extra point being potentially missed. But man, Denver, they're a beaten dog. And I just uh, two road games, they're they're dead on energy. 
they just got beaten around by two of the league's best teams, Minnesota and Buffalo. They're weak. They're soft right now. And I think it's over. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of problems in Denver. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this yeah. podcast, ownership, coaching, quarterback play. Uh, I'm fading the boys. I'm getting a, you know, I'm trying to climb up the podcast standings and, and going back to my grassroots. I'm actually pretty good against the Broncos in our pool too. I was looking at it. So I know my own team pretty well when we're going to cover when we're not, um, the last three weeks, I'm four and up on games of the Broncos in the pool. So I, I have a pretty good pulse on this team and I'm taking the chargers. I have two thoughts on this game. One would be the asinine, insane cover that your Broncos had against the Vikings that came out of nowhere. I didn't see that coming. I thought, what the fuck was that? It sat with me as this week's progressed. The other one I'm going to throw out there is the last image I had of Philip Rivers, and that is oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he's a turnover machine. Interception after interception. So I think for that reason, plus I'm hoping that this snow continues. If not continues, at least I'm hoping it's fucking freezing cold. Philip Rivers does not want to play in the freezing cold in this temperatures. That it, at this point in his career, I'm actually on Denver here. Um, I don't have any confidence at all. I don't feel strongly about this game, but I'm taking Denver. I too am on Denver right now. That that doesn't mean that I might flip flop uh, as we get closer to the weekend's games. My model actually has this as one the one of the biggest discrepancies that I'm seeing for this week. So Denver, it has as basically a coin flip. Denver losing by less than a point here, mm. and given that it's a two and a half spread. Now the big question mark for me is that uh, Vic Van- Fangio has made some comments around Drew Locke possibly coming back and actually being either getting some playing time or being a starter. Now my understanding is that he can come off IR. I think the day of this game, December first. So there's a possibility that he might get thrown in here and actually play. Which if he does, then I'm absolutely taking the Chargers. I don't actually see that happening. I think Allen will continue to play and start. So to me, you're going to see a, a big run game coming from Philip Lindsay. As of right now, I'm on the Broncos. I don't love it. Uh, you are starting to sway me, but that's where I'd landed so far. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, this is where I feel like a lot of people are going to be betting the Chargers because of that weather uh, thing out there. Everybody and their mother is going to be talking about it over the Thanksgiving table. Did you see all the snow in Colorado? <laughs> Did you see all the snow? And then on Sunday, betters are going to line up and be like, oh, it's snowy in Colorado. Guess what? Me and the model know this as being living out in Colorado. The snow will melt quickly. All it needs is one sunny day in Colorado, and that snow will freaking come down. I don't think that will be a factor on Sunday unless it is actually snowing during the game. And even if that happens, it's not like Phil Rivers in his 16-year career has never played in a snowy football game. I just don't see the weather being much of an impact at all. Um, yeah, as I already laid out, the Broncos are broken. Um I don't know. It's not my, my favorite play, but I, I just know this team well, and I'm, I'm feeling a heater right now. I'm 4-0 in games they've played over the last month with the spread. So it's like I kind of know when they're going to win or when they're going to exceed expectation and when they're not and when they're going to be flat. And I just see this as another flat spot. I had it last week with the Bills, and I just uh, this team, I just don't see the motivation there anymore. And, you know, Allen's not the answer, and there's just so many issues. I'm going to fade them hard. All right, so for, for my next pick – I have a theme for the remaining two picks that I've got. And the theme is what am I missing here? Okay. I am picking the New York jets minus three and a half against the Cincinnati Bengals. What am I missing? Right. Yep. I just don't see it. The jets are playing fantastic. Their defense is showing up. 
Sam Darnold's showing up that he looks like he can actually be a franchise quarterback again. He's no longer seeing ghosts. We've got Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, coming back in. So I, I'm just this. I'm looking at this spread like there's something way off with this number here, and I have to take the Jets. Full agreement for me. I I love that pick too. I have this uh, as a four point win from the from the Jets. Um, so I am fully there with you. I have no hesitations that I'm going to the Jets and staying away from the Bengals. I mean, it's unbelievable. I just, I, I don't see this. Is, it's one of those games where don't out, don't outthink yourself. Just pick what you're seeing on the board and that's a Jets win and a cover. I said it earlier the, I think two weeks ago when the Jets were two and seven, this is a team Vegas expectations with seven wins. They're going to get close to that number. If not hit it exactly. I I've never been more confident in something in my life. And that's because I'm confident Vegas knows what it's doing. And so when this team was down and out, it was all perceived because of Luke Falk and the third string quarterback situation that hit this team after the mono, the mono ordeal that started their season. This Jets team has got had value on it the last three weeks. They've been a better's delight and they really showed up big on Sunday over the Raiders. They were a key to my son early Sunday success there where I only lost one game early on. I love the Jets. Uh, my first run through of the picks, I had them as my key pick. I did have one other bonus bet, uh, for the pod, but that was, that was the key pick that, uh, initially going through this, I had the jets for the reasons you just said, just you look at it, don't overthink it three and a half. This is the league's worst team. They stink. So that leaves the model with your non key pick here. Your second one. So I'm for my non key pick. I'm sticking with the Thanksgiving pick that I had put out earlier. I'm making it my combined Thanksgiving and non key. I'm taking Chicago minus two and a half over Detroit. That's one that I really like. And uh, I'm going to be eating a shit ton of Turkey and watching my two key picks and non key pick come through on the same day. Wow. I love it. That's fantastic. We talked about Chicago. So we almost you just got to hope that you get the good Trubisky here and you got to hope that you get whatever the hell Detroit's been doing recently. And that's that. I, I do want to add. So if, if I had to pick a bonus one that I haven't talked about so far, um, it would be the one that you guys alluded to as the best game of the weekend of the Baltimore Ravens hosting the San Francisco 49ers. This is one that my model has as the biggest discrepancy that we're seeing for the, in terms of the spread and what it expects all week. So right now it has this as a Baltimore Ravens win by about two or three points. Currently the spread I'm seeing is at minus six. So if I had to pick just simply based on my model, I would be taking the San Francisco 49ers plus six in this game. And if it certainly gets up to plus seven, I'm absolutely going to be jumping all over that. So who are your three games then you got Chicago, you got new Orleans and you got a third one. Are you taking the Niners? Um, if I had to, I'll take the Niners plus six in okay. our pool. Yep. All right. That leaves me with my key pick and brought I to you have, by Subway. <laughs> brought to you by Subway. Key pick Cazalet is about to speak. And if any other sharps are out there, this line might move because of this pick. I'm just floating that out there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've already told you my first theme, which is what am I missing here? Okay. Uh, let me see if you guys can pick up on my third theme. I am taking the Green Bay Packers to absolutely throttle my New York football giants. Now, let me just tell you a few things here. I already went through why Pat Shermer sucks as a head coach. Green Bay just got the doors blown off themselves. Okay. They embarrassed themselves on national TV. Well, guess what? 
If you've ever seen or heard of a get right defense, the New York football giants are the biggest get right defense going in the game right now. Somehow this spread is six and a half. I have no idea how that's six and a half. They were just six and a half at the bears. And are you telling me the, the green Bay Packers are not all that better than the bears? I think you're nuts. Now the giants are probably getting a couple of, you know, benefit of the doubt points for being at home here. If this is on a neutral neutral field, that spread is 10 and a half. So I don't know why that game is six and a half. This is going to be a two, maybe three point blowout win for the Packers. And on that note, can you guess my second theme of my picks? I got nothing. New York state football, baby bills. I'm picking against the giants and I'm picking with the jets. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I thought you were riding the jets there for a second. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. You got all the New York teams in. New York football, baby. Yeah, I just I can't see the Giants even coming remotely close in this game. They're at the point now where they're better off just getting fucking blown out. That way they can clean house. They can get a number two draft pick and finally start adding some talent to this fucking brutal roster. This is the uh, Devontae Adams guy in your fantasy football yep. league ruins your bid to be a playoff team because Devontae Adams has now been out for a while this year. So the guy who drafted him is more than likely not a real contender in your league, and you probably are, and you're probably going against him. And Devontae Adams is about to play, put up 40 points against that pathetic Giants defense, and you're going to be pulling your hair out because your, your friend who has Devontae Adams is actually a sleeping giant in fantasy football because – that guy is the real deal, and he's about to just go off on the Giants. Yeah, and guess what? I do have Devontae Adams. I'm in contention. I think I'm in second place right now. I'm going to knock somebody out of the playoff contention with Devontae Adams. I mean, you've got Devontae, and you've Best got bet. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Best bet. Devontae Adams, everything. Over yards, over catches, touchdown. Get it all on your tickets this week. That's my advice to the betters out there. Yeah, I just don't see it happening, so – that's my pick, man, and I feel very confident in all three of those. So Subway, Quip, whoever the hell wants to come and sponsor this, Allstate, ZipRecruiter, pay attention. If Bovada wants a little of this action, shift your line. But that is key pick Kazlik coming in with a lock of the century. <laughs> oh, lock of the century? Lock of the century. How am I wrong? You're on a heater, so you can't disagree, right? <laughs> That's it. Well, that about does it for episode 58. We got our Thanksgiving episode in the books. Gentlemen, it's been fun. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Let's go. Let's let's get some picks correct. Let's win some money. And uh, we will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. And you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Oh, I'm fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.